0: Nineteen, 1619, the Gospel according to Luke, the physician, Luke. 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in your lifetime receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is now he is comforted and you are tormented and beside all this between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to you that would come from thence then he said I pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him that thou wouldst send him to my father's house for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went unto uh, to them, to these five brothers from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rolls from the dead. Father, we thank you today for this which we're about to uh, receive. I ask that you will bless uh, this servant and your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I am about to hear the word of God, I receive it gladly. Because God's word will make a difference in my life. You may be seated. I speak unto you life, health, and prosperity. Thank you. Amen. We have perused for the second time uh, in this month. Uh, And this is, uh, we're in the middle of the month, so to speak. Uh, St. Luke chapter 16. And the thought and theme from these passages of scripture uh, was this and is the same today a prayer meeting in hell would you look at somebody and say this is a prayer meeting in hell I don't hear nobody saying anything tell your neighbor it is a prayer meeting in hell amen the last thing you need to uh, to want to do is wait till you get to hell and try to pray First of all, you don't want to go there, so I, I know I'm remiss by even acting as though this is a thought on your mind, and I know it isn't, Amen. But uh, when we look at this narrative, one thing that we must understand, again, I repeat, that this was an actual event. This was an actual event. This was not an allegory, it was not uh, a parable. It speaks to in some point in the in the in the uh, past. Or the present of the Lord, present on earth, past being in heaven. We don't really know when he uh, gazed upon this, when this actual event took place uh, as it relates to the life of Christ. But we do know according to what it is, as it is written, as it is spoken, it was an actual event. Amen. It was an actual event. Last week we said to you there are three things that must always be on the believer's mind. Number one, he must and she must. We must always seek to honor God or remember his faithfulness to you. God has been faithful to you. Well, I have a witness. God has been faithful. We we sometimes don't say God has been faithful. We say God has sure been good. I think that'll work too, won't it? Look at your neighbors. and he's been good to me. Amen. He has been faithful. It speaks to God's promises. Whatever He's promised in His Word, every 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 good great promise, God has kept that promise. Amen. Praise God. He's kept that promise. Uh, the The second thing must always be on our mind. We must serve the Lord with gladness. We must glad to serve the Lord. It's a it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing to. To have joy in worshiping and praising God. Amen. It is our life. Anything that's your life, it brings you joy and peace and a certain amount of of, uh, enthusiasm because it's your life. You ought not look more forward to something else than you do uh, serving and worshiping and enjoying the presence of God and the people of God. This ought to be the highlight of your week. And it just so happens it's the first day of the week, so it determines the rest of your week. So if you don't want a sad, broke-down looking week, I suggest that you uh, tell sad, broke-down spirit that's trying to capture you to leave you alone. Amen. Because what you're doing today is going to determine the rest of your week. Say amen. It is statistically known that people worship, that worship the Lord on Sunday and that have a life of prayer and devotion with God normally have lives of peace, normally have uh, lives throughout the rest of their week uh, uh, as it is. Amen. That tend to go better. Tend to go better. I don't know about you, but I, I, I prefer better weeks the not-so-good weeks. I know it's all a part of life, but hey, you know, the natural man uh, likes nice things. Say amen. The spirit man ought to crave and have strong desire for the things of God, things above. Say amen. Praise God. And our soul, praise God, ought to be on the side of the Lord and want what God wants for our lives. Serving the Lord with gladness and joy is just the pedigree of the believer. It's just who we are, amen? Praise God. Look at your neighbors. I could be sad about some things, but I, I don't have time for sadness. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to have made it another week. See, we don't count these things important, but somebody didn't make it from last Sunday to this Sunday. Look at your neighbor and say, you forgot that, didn't you? You forgot it. Yes, you did. You forgot. You forgot that somebody last Sunday, amen, Monday, Tuesday was not days of peace, rejoicing, gladness, or even success. Somebody during this week witnessed failure of some sort in some area of their lives. But you can say the God has been good. Am I right about it? It's been faithful. That's a wonderful thing, and we, we ought to be glad about that. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, amen. You came to open your mouth and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You, you didn't come to be a spectator, because the service evolves around you. Jesus, hello, is the star. He is the primary character of our worship experience, but guess who's next? you you are so this worship is about you as you glorify him so you can't just be a, a spectator you have to be a participant because it's about you he's here to see about you I can't get no help in here this is a living in your own house but you don't like living in your own house I hate being in here say man this is my house but I hate being in here and everything about my house well too bad it's your house Unless you have some some other place to go. Might as well be happy about what you got. (laughs) Amen. Because it ain't going to change by you sitting there not liking it. Or finding something wrong with it. I don't hear nobody talking. And we can find something wrong with everything. But there's nothing wrong with Jesus. And you came to worship him. Look at your neighbor saying, nothing wrong with Jesus. There may be some, some other things you deem wrong, but there's nothing wrong with Jesus. Don't you take that out on him. Tell someone, don't you take that out on him. You serve him with gladness. Don't you take none of your mess out on him, your personality, your problems. Say, man, whatever it is, that, whatever it is don't take it out on him. He didn't do it. I wish I had somebody say, Jesus didn't do it. You got your own self in that. Hello? Stop blaming everybody else for, because you can change it. All you have to do is say, Lord, make me glad. (laughs) Make me think about how good you've been to me in spite of what's going on in my life. And I guarantee you, another spirit will invade your life. Amen. Other than that spirit of the devil. Praise God. Number three, one day you will give an account for the life you have lived, words you have spoken, things you have done. I know we don't think about that, right? But we need to think about it. We will give an account. I think about it all the time. When you get older, you start thinking about a lot of things. <laughs> Amen. Because you know, next door, according to your longevity, your 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 your, uh, your pilgrimage on the earth, you're getting closer to some kind of end. Am I right about it? I suggest that you don't wait till you get older to start thinking about this. You need to think about it now because if you think about it now, you won't have left. Uh, you have less things that you uh, will have to repent of and deal with choices you make live you live with and actions that you do unfortunately they carry some weight on your life words you speak can't take them back they go out into the atmosphere they make up what's called sound and noise and remember i told you that words, sound they never ever stop penetrating the the atmosphere they never stop penetrating the firmaments first second third Amen I believe that's why The devil doesn't have to worry about Accusations against us What we say Just like what we do Is already out there Long before Facebook And Twitter And all that other stuff God already had Twitter and Facebook I don't hear nobody See That stuff just catching up with God God's already been there He already saw you on Facebook He already saw uh, I don't hear nobody talking he already, he already, he already read what you tweet. <laughs> I'm a bad man with this stuff today. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I see Elder Sanders looking at me, and you know, he's trying to be cool. Like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about it. Amen. I don't tweet and I don't Facebook, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. I just get the residue of y'all's mess. Say amen. But I want you to know, before all of that, God already is far ahead of us. Amen. Say amen. It's already out there. Your thoughts have been picked up and been translated into a visual, a, a visual panoramic. Say amen. As if it was shot by a movie camera. Already out there, your thoughts take on figures and pictures and. I don't hear nobody talking to me. God already knows. He's such a He's such an awesome God. He's deeper than deep, man. He's deeper than deep. God is. There's nobody. I can't even find the words. I'm wasting time. I can't even find the words to describe it. Amen. He knows us, and He knows everything. The devil is just has been trying to be somebody. Picks picks up picks up tries to picks up on these things to use them against us. So we will give an account. Don't give the enemy anything to accuse us. Oh, that sound good, didn't it? Amen. Don't give the devil something to accuse you of. Amen. Look at your neighbor. So don't give the devil something to accuse you of. Don't make his job easy. Make, it, make what he is hard. Amen. Say amen. Don't let your good be evil spoken of if there was any good at all. Say amen. amen. And remember, everything you do and say, you're going to give an account for it. Tell your neighbor, God is not mobbed. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, you're going to reap. Keep on sowing ugly seeds. They're going to grow up in and around your life. And I don't care what kind of sickle you get to chop them down, to whack them down. Amen. What kind of weed eater. You're not going to be able to get them out. These don't move by natural means. Because the principle of God is just like the principle that we, that we glean and adhere to when it comes to giving. It works just the same. What you put out there, what you sow, is going to come back to you. That's why every now and then you ought to sow some love to somebody. You ought to say, I just love you. You know why? Because when you sow that love, that's coming right back to you. Say so, man, You ought to show kindness and sometimes give people a little bit of space. You know, and, uh, be, be a little bit compassionate. Say man, Be a lot compassionate. Yes, cut, some, cut some slack. Cut people some slack. I know you perfect. And you're such a perfect person and everything about you is so perfect that you can, can judge and condemn everybody else. You can find something wrong in everybody else. You know, I've noticed that some people look for things wrong in your life. I've shook hands with people and they be looking and all this kind of stuff. But you're looking for something wrong. I can tell you where things are wrong at. If you just want to know, you don't have to look me all up and down. You don't have to try to be deep, try to discern who I am. I can tell you, I'm not all of that. Um, if I make the job easy for you, I would just tell you this. I'm not perfect. I'm not everything. You know, I'm not, I'm not all of that. Is that okay? Now you can relax. Amen. We can relax. We can love each other. We can enjoy each other. And remember that when we miss such things, we, we are establishing an account. Yes. And we don't want to establish an account that is not a, an account that has God. As the primary owner of that account. So everything we do, we're gonna give an account for. But if it's right with God, God is the entrepreneur. He is He is the person who owns that account. So all I've done is operated within the ability and the account of God. I withdraw what I draw from Him. And you and draw, you withdraw from Him life and godliness. Everything we do, we gotta give everything. Tell your neighbor everything. Everything. Everything, everything you do, everything you say, you will have to give an account for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say amen. amen. Everything. Can't pull some things back and say, oh, I didn't mean that. Amen. You know, you can't take a giant eraser in life and erase the things of life. It would be nice if you could. That's why we lean so heavy on the forgiveness and compassion of God. Because God doesn't have to erase it. He just takes some red blood and puts some red blood on it. The blood of Jesus comes right on it. And everything you've done, amen, is covered by the work, the blood of Christ. It's just covered. Amen. That's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing to have your sins blotted out. Blotted out. Colossians talked about blotting out. And there's a story behind that, a cockle worm, and there's a certain ink that'll block out stuff that it won't even bleed through. So when he talks about blotting out, the people of Colossae understood what he was saying. He's talking about something that can never ever penetrate that particular, that particular component that blotted it out. It's gone. Can't even see it. What is it? It's not there. You know, you can even take, you can take liquid liquid paper and blot out an error but if you scrape it a little bit you can pretty much pick it back up am I talking all right well that can't that can't happen when Christ blots out our stuff amen thank God for that now here in the lesson uh we we move past all what we have shared with you last week Lazarus we talked about is this being an actual event we talked about Jesus' purpose to reveal uh, immortality of the soul, the consciousness of the soul, after leaving the body, the fact uh, that the righteous go to one place and the unrighteous and the wicked go to another place. Jesus was crossing all these, all these particular uh, uh, unknown, unknown, unknown uh, concepts and barriers. And then he also uh, deals with an, another barrier for the Pharisees and, and the concept of that day, which that wealthy people are the righteous, but people who are not well-to-do or wealthy or have uh, material substance. According to the, 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 the Phariseic theory, they were already wicked they were not righteous the uh rich man in his mind considered himself as the pharisees did as being righteous they were right with god because they had money and wealth that's true that was that was the that was the theory the concept of phariseeism are y'all listening so this also speaks to why he at least to some degree why he was able to just walk past Lazarus, perhaps day after day. Because the Bible says that Lazarus sat at his gate. Gate indicates he was a person of wealth. So he lived in a gated community. Amen. Amen. And, and Lazarus sat at the gate. He couldn't get in. He couldn't, he couldn't be a part of this man's life or lifestyle. It didn't make the rich man more important than Lazarus because we find out, found out, amen, that uh, in the end, both of them died. But perhaps because the, the rich man theory, his theory, your, 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 your perception, your learned, your learned behavior with the, the, the thoughts that you have learned or gleaned from how you've been taught. You know, I said this morning that children are not taught to be racist or bigots. They pick up the spirit or they learn that behavior by being taught by those who are. These Pharisees were taught wrong. And this may have generated a spirit in him that he didn't care about anybody but himself. After all, Lazarus is a wicked unregenerated unrighteous person anyway he's already in hell so why should i bother because those persons no matter what i do for him they are destined for hell anyway pharisees believed in hell they believed in heaven they believe in resurrection yes they did the sadducees did not but they did so he had already put this poor man in hell and he was not Destined to his place of torment because he had money or what he did, he had a right to do anything he wanted to with his money. God doesn't hold us accountable or cause uh, or say we're sinners because we don't liberal, are not liberal with our money. Say amen. There's a root reason why you're not liberal with your money. That's that is what will get us in trouble. Are you listening to me? You know, because. It is not money that makes us sinners. I can't get no help in here. The love of money. That's what gets us in trouble. And that love says nothing else is more important than my material life. Well, this man was beyond words. I tried this morning to try to present this this rich man's problem. I didn't do too well because I couldn't find the words to express the depth of his arrogance, of his lack of concern. He didn't see Lazarus. He saw Lazarus as less than dirt. Yeah. Amen. Lazarus had no, no, nothing of interest to him as far as he was concerned. Lazarus was just a piece of nothing laying at his gate. He was so self-centered. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like up here and I'm trying to find words down here to express this man's spirit. He, the rich man was in bad shape. He was lost. He had none of God in him, but he claimed he did. He was, he was a self-right person according to his uh, Pharisaic theology, but he was lost. It's amazing how folk think they're right and just as wrong as can be because a man's ways is right in his own eyes. Can't see himself. You can't. The devil can blind you so to such degree you don't even see your ugly self. You can't even see where you're wrong. This man had become so determined to eliminate the existence of the poor and those who, who weren't like him to he had drifted into such a depth of spirit that I can't even find the words. The Bible doesn't seem to find the words for it. We don't even know what the man's problem is until we study it and find out that it was he was extremely, deeply uh, is selfish at a level beyond the words what the word selfish means what made what got him in trouble is because see God is a God of people God loves people Amen. you may not like me but God loves me <laughs> you may see everything wrong in your brother or your sister or, or any other folk but God does not see what you see God doesn't have your spirit thank God that he doesn't God loves everybody I've been listening to bishop joseph l shannon senior pastor of greater st paul ministries the church in the heart of the city with the people of the city in its heart we invite you to be our guest at our west campus location located at 5116 terrace drive omaha nebraska or at our north campus location located at 2123 miami street omaha nebraska we are one church in two locations to purchase the full message please visit our website at www.gspministries.net. If you would like to contact us, our North Campus phone number is 402-341-2231 and our West Campus number is 402-932-4415. Be blessed.